Hello, friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. We're here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day, and we're so glad you joined us here for the conversation. Our study of the Gospel of Mark is focusing on the busy, productive, and life-changing work of Jesus in action. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. Well, hello there, my friends. Thank you for joining us today for our Everyday Truth podcast. The uh, postcard today is from Washington State. I love it. And this is from uh, Molly. Molly Earhart. Molly, you are a faithful listener. And Molly uh, writes that the Bible studies have been a blessing. Uh, she got this postcard. It's it's the, the treetop store in Selah, or is it Selah, Washington, where they grow apples, but here they make apple juice, the best apple juice in the world made at treetops here in Selah, Washington. So Molly, thank you for sending that and for faithfully faithfully listening to the podcast. That sure does mean a lot to me. Uh, Mark chapter 7, today, uh, Jesus is in a season of testing in his public ministry. He is he has been challenged by these religious Pharisees and scribes. Uh, they have tried to foist their man-made traditions on the people. They have been they have been burdening the people. Uh, Jesus said, "Many of these things you're doing," and Jesus is rebuking them and then calling the crowd together and saying to the crowd. Listen, it's it's not the external things that you really have to worry about as much as what's in your heart, in that secret place. And make sure that your heart is being guarded. Make sure that God has that key to your heart. Why? Because all of these bad things that we so notoriously call sin, they emanate from our heart. So guarding the inside, that is the emphasis here of Jesus' teaching. Uh, Jesus is in a season in his public ministry where he has been rejected. Now, we don't read about it as much in Mark, but wow, do we read about it in John, where after the feeding of the 5,000, he preached that great message at the synagogue of Capernaum. And there the Bible says many of his disciples turned from him and walked away. Insofar that Jesus looked at his own 12 and said, will ye also go away? And Peter famously said, uh, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. So this whole season in Galilee is a season where Jesus is not as popular as he was. Uh, there is more opposition than there had been. And he actually leaves the country for a short season. And the episode that we're going to look at today is 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 one in which Jesus has left the actual borders of Israel. Now, he does that very seldom in his ministry. He did that as a very young boy. Joseph and Mary went to Egypt, and Jesus lived in Egypt for about a year among a Jewish community there, and then came back. But here he leaves in his public ministry the nation of Israel. Look at verse number 24. And from thence he arose and went into the borders of Tyre and Sidon. So this would be like modern-day Lebanon, uh, that, that area. And the Bible says, the, the Sidonians, by the way, that's, that, that was the, uh, 
they were the original Baal worshipers. That's where Jezebel was from. She had been raised in Sidon, Tyre and Sidon. That's where the widow of Zarephath was. That was a, a little village in Sidon. So Jesus is all the way up there. He's left the borders of his own country. And the Bible says he entered into an house and would have no man know it. He wasn't publishing this, but he could not be hid. So Jesus goes, he's, he's incognito, doesn't want people to know that he's there, but alas, people find out. And the Bible says in verse number 25, for a certain woman whose young daughter had an unclean spirit heard of him and came and fell at his feet. So who is this woman? Well, we don't know her by name. We know a little bit about her circumstance. She has a daughter that is demon-possessed. And this demon possession is obviously hurting this girl. Mom loves her daughter. Jesus is in town. His fame is spread through beyond the borders of his own country. She's wanting healing. She's just wanting what every mother would want, right? Uh, but the difference here is that Jesus has been ministering primarily, almost exclusively, to Jews. And he is a Jewish Messiah, uh, the disciples are still wrapped up in, hey, we're going to be on the right hand and left hand. We're going to serve in the kingdom. We're going to be the, the number one people. So there's a lot going on here. And watch what happens in verse number 26. The woman was a Greek, a Syrophoenician by nation. So the Bible explicitly says this woman is not one of God's people. She's not a Jew. And she besought him that he would cast forth the devil out of her daughter. So her sincerity is not in question. Her desire uh, is not in question. Many others have come to Jesus for the exact same thing. The only thing that's different about this woman is her ethnicity, her nationality. And when you first read this story in the Bible and see the, the immediate reaction of Jesus, you kind of scratch your head. Like, this just does not seem to be the attitude or the response that you would expect of the Savior. And yet, Jesus never does anything haphazardly. Everything he does has great purpose. So, watch verse number 27. But Jesus said unto her, here's his, here's her, his response to her urgent plea about her daughter. Seems really cold. He says, let the children first be filled, for it is not meet or suitable to take the children's bread and cast it onto the dogs. So he, Jesus speaks a little bit metaphorically, and it's kind of like if you had um, a table and you were feeding your own children and these these dirty dogs, these dingo dogs that were all around the Holy Land back in those days, not pets, but scavengers, you wouldn't dream of giving bread to a dog. You wouldn't feed a dog and your own children are hungry. So Jesus uses this rather uh, mysterious metaphor to say, this woman wants bread and Jesus said, well, it's not right to take the bread that is intended for children and to give it for dogs. Okay, so what is Jesus saying? And wow, what a negative metaphor this seems to be, especially if you're this woman. Because what Jesus, in essence, is saying is, 
I'm not going to give you the bread that's intended for somebody else. In this illustration, woman, you're the dog. You're the undeserving. You're the beggar. And uh, I, 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 my mission is not to you. My mission is to the children, to the Jews. So it just seems really cold and calloused uh, when you first read it. What, what is happening here? Look at verse number 28. And she answered and said unto him, yes, Lord. So she doesn't argue with Jesus' assessment. Yes, Lord, I accept that. Yet the dogs under the table eat of the children's crumbs. What humility. I, I, I know I'm a nobody. I know that I'm, I'm in this illustration, I'm the dog. I know you're saying I, 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 the children deserve the meat, and I don't. But, but to borrow your illustration, Jesus, don't the dogs at least get to lick the crumbs that inevitably fall? If I could just have a crumb. Think about all that she's saying. First of all, there's humility. I, I, I'm humble. She, there's agreement. And then there's great faith because she's saying, I don't even need a full dose. I don't even need a full meal. I just, if I could just get one of the crumbs that fall, just a little bit of you, a little bit of your word, a little bit of your power, it would be enough. What is this woman doing? She is expressing great faith. She's saying, I don't deserve, but I'm still asking. I'm not coming on the basis of I have a right to be at this table. I'm not coming on the basis of I demand, I have my rights, you ought to. No, I'm coming only on the basis of faith and humility. Well, now maybe we see the reason for Jesus speaking that way and for the story unfolding as it does, because that's the way we all need to come to the Lord, in humility and in faith. And Jesus is saying this in front of his disciples, almost to say, you know, woman, what are you asking for? My mission is to Israel. And yet she says, I know that. But in humility and faith, I'm asking. And so Jesus is actually able to teach his pretty prejudiced disciples a really powerful lesson, isn't it? Look at verse number 29. And he said unto her, for this saying, Go thy way because of the faith that you have enunciated, that you have verbalized, go your way. The devil is gone out of thy daughter. Her daughter wasn't even there, but go, go. Verse number 30. And when he was come, when he was come to, and when she was come to her house, she found the devil gone out and her daughter set on, uh, laid on the bed. So exactly what Jesus, just like the story of the nobleman, but more like the story of the centurion. And what you'll find in the parallel account of this story is that the Bible says that Jesus marveled at her faith. So we've talked about the marveling of Jesus a couple times now. First of all, we talked about the fact that he marveled at the unbelief of the people that should have believed on him the most, the people of Nazareth. Remember, he marveled that they didn't believe. But then with the centurion, who is a Roman soldier, not a Jew. Remember, he said, say the word and my servant will be healed. You don't have to even come to my house. And Jesus said, 
I have found, I have not found so great faith. No, not in Israel. There's nobody in my country that has that faith, but you centurion. And now a second time, if you look at the parallel passage, he says to this woman about this woman, she, I marvel at her faith. So the two greatest examples of faith in the Bible were people that weren't even Jews, but they humbly put their faith and trust in Jesus. And in both cases, Jesus did their bidding, answered their prayer long distance. Because in both cases, the servant wasn't with the centurion and the daughter wasn't with the woman. And yet on their faith alone, Jesus uh, did this healing. And what a powerful lesson it was uh, to those disciples. And what a powerful lesson it is to you and to me, that no, no matter who we are, if we have a spirit of, Lord, you don't owe me anything. And Lord, I don't come to you on the basis of what you owe me or my rights. But Lord, in humility and in faith, I have a desperate need. And oh, Lord, say the word. I trust you, please. That's great faith. And it's a great reminder for you and for me today. So I think we'll stop there. I don't think we have a time to get through the next little section here of chapter number seven. So we'll have to come back to that. But thank you for joining us today. Appreciate uh, you being a part of the podcast. Looking forward to finishing chapter seven next episode. Hope you'll join us for that. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.